All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guests are Shelly Straw and her husband, Jason Straw. Shelly's a registered nurse, and as of April of 2023, she has been undergoing stage four cancer treatment. Her husband, Jason, is the former chair of Indiana Normal. He's a retired U.S. Air Force critical care trauma nurse, and he is also on the University of Michigan Anesthesiology Department's public board for cannabinoid medicine. And you guys are living in Michigan now, right, too, right? Correct. All right. So how are you guys doing? Well, we're recovering. It's It's been a long journey. Extremely tired, but I feel like I've been through a little bit of a war. <laughs> D- discovering I have cancer and going through treatment really quickly like they, which it's good that they get on it, but it, it is a quick course and a lot of demand on the body to, to get the chemo and radiation done. So we're doing this at the we're doing this at the end of July 2023. So we're talking three months ago in, into April 2023. And uh of course we had some pre-conversation before we hit this record button. And that's kind of where, kind of where we are at it with it right now. But um Jason was a previous guest and he he uh has an interesting story about how he came to uh believe and trust in not just uh secularly but biblically theologically that cannabis is here for human beings to help to help human beings so check that out if you haven't already but this one is going to focus on uh on shelly and and uh what she's been going through since she was diagnosed in april 2023 so your father passed away before shortly before that right Yes, we had absolutely no clue that my dad had cancer. And all of a sudden, it, before he was even fully diagnosed, he passed away. So it was shocking. We didn't have anybody in our family that had dealt with cancer or had cancer previous to that. So, And I just thought I was really depressed and tired because of it. And then I found out I had cancer just boom, right after that. You know. Rough road, hasn't it, Jason? Oh, it it has. It and you know it's a shock. You know you're going along, and uh, cervical cancer can take uh, years. Um, and at stage three, four, they say it could take 10, 15 years to develop. So she, her body's been dealing with this for years, or maybe yeah. even a decade or more. Yeah. It, but when I first met her, she was full of life and energy, <laughs> and you would you never would have known. That her body was fighting cancer at the time uh and you just uh miss you miss the uh the symptoms um like the hot flashes she was having hot hot flashes usually by time you have symptoms it's usually pretty advanced it's kind of how cancer sneaks up on people a little bit you know well and it was my dad it would have been at that point in time it's just that we um i hadn't worked in uh oncology in about 20 years so so it's a shock and it definitely rocks your world. You just, you start thinking about your mortality and, you know, yeah. what's going to happen. I raise a grandchild and, you know, I know my work on earth is not done here. We still have a lot of education to still do me and Jason. <laughs> well, you know, that was one of the, that was one of the things when we um, found out she had cancer, we went to the church and they, um, they. And we go to a little tiny Baptist church, the Hartford Baptist. 
and um, they fully know what we do because Jason told them very first day straight out what he did for a living. As I said there, I went, oh, not the first day. <laughs> do not, said the Lord. <laughs> That's funny. But, That's funny. That is. They opened their minds and looked at education, and they're smart people. They looked at the, looked at the research and the facts. Well, God just right laid on. out the path. Yeah. And they've been absolutely wonderful. When we told them, they brought Shelly up, they anointed her, and we laid hands and prayed. And from there, we just opened that up to the public. And we have people all over the world praying for Shelly, and we can feel it. It, it, I, I can't even answer all the messages back. People just even voice recording prayers and just people we don't know just from everywhere. That's even cool. overwhelmed and the, the love and the support that we've got. And, and that's pretty cool because, you know, we, we, we said it, but we didn't, you know, it's a pretty heavy thing, but your dad passed away two months earlier. And that's a pretty big deal. Even when a parent passes away. So, you know, we, 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 jump you know we we you you said it but it's like that's a pretty big deal and then and then you you're like yeah i may have i thought i was just depressed but yeah i had stage four cancer yeah so how old was your dad my dad would have been 75 a couple months after he passed away so you said you started thinking about mortality because that's what pain me <laughs> gets me thinking about mortality a lot too when you start experiencing pain like that it's like whoa so uh what about that? Like you said, you went straight to the church, but you know what I'm saying? Like expand yeah. a little bit more on that when you're like, yeah, I started thinking about mortality. I imagine that was already in your mind because your dad passed. Well, yeah, and exactly. unexpect, unexpectedly too. Right. And, and we had not had a lot of loss in our family up to that point. Like everybody lived pretty long lives and didn't have, you know, a lot of illnesses that were horrific or anything. So um, my faith has always been really strong. Oh my God. <laughs> and my dad prayed every night for everybody. So it was super hard and pass away knowing I'd never get to see him again. But I do believe in the afterlife that we're promised for doing the right things. So um, I don't know, but the spiritual part of it, when everybody laid hands on me, I'm going to tell you, that was the most powerful thing. They all prayed. They all cried. You know, you could just feel the power of Christ going through me. And you know, I don't know if I can fully answer the question. That's all right. That I understand. No, no, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's, I don't think it's possible to answer, fully answer that question <laughs> because it's, it's very, per, it's a personal thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's there, but it's just for you. What you're experiencing is personal just for you. So, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So two months later, stage four cancer diagnosis and, I had seen some posts and that Jason had made about the size of tumors and stuff like that. So two months later, you get hit with what kind of a picture of your health? Wow. I went from thinking I was doing pretty good to, to thinking, am I going to make it? You know, this is pretty serious. My family when they found out, they were horrified because, of course, my dad had just suddenly became sick and passed away, you know, within a couple months. So they were just screaming and crying, and it was making it a little bit harder 
you know, because then you deal with everybody around you and they're right. reacting what's happening to you. Yeah, it's not just you in this world. It's you got, you got, you guys are, I, you, I already know you guys have a close family. So we do, but we do live away from our family. We are medical refugees that live in the state of Michigan, yeah. away from our home in Indiana. So we don't have our family with us. Well, that makes it hard. It's made it really tough. But the, we just looked to the Bible and reached out to friends uh you know you got to accept help and yeah. at that two month point from when she was first diagnosed the tumor going from the size of a of, of a soda can 12 ounce soda can to being gone was just miraculous Shelly became overjoyed um and we just looked at the bible and the bible says eat from the garden uh they talk about fasting they talk about avoiding animal products um when you're fasting and so we just took that to heart and i started looking at the research with uh with plants uh, we looked at turkey tail we looked at turmeric we looked at cannabinoids um, we anything <clears throat> that would support what the doctors were going to do uh with the cisplatinum that was the chemo drug that they decided to use and uh, i had her on turmeric until she ended up having blood clots because the tumor can interact with the Xeralto that they put her on. So we took that off. Uh, but the other things, like the turkey tail has been approved in Japan and many other Asian countries for around 50 years as an approved mm -hmm. adjunctive therapy to boost the effects of cisplatin. And cisplatin is the standard uh, treatment for this type of uh, cancer along with the radiation. And then, so you, you, you focus on the research and the biblical teachings and go forward from there. We reached out to a friend of hers, Dr. Barula, who is an integrative uh, medical doctor, and he focuses on holistic health. And he's offered some absolutely amazing supportive nutrients that help protect different organs, like CoQ10 for your heart. And then there's uh, like NAC, and there's another uh, uh, supplement, amino supplement, um, that helps protect the liver and kidneys. And so having uh, an integrative, holistic doctor in on it can help guide you to protect your body from the chemo. Because Shelly's labs never really uh, went out of whack for any uh, extended period of time during the treatment, which is one of the big things with chemo it destroys everything yeah <laughs> i know i had uh, i don't know if there's a guy he was a podcast guest twice mike robinson he had he they gave him a plan he's like i won't survive your plan and that's where it's like wow that's and so does your holistic doctor include marijuana in the regiment or just understand that you use it and give you guidance or no how's that work um, he's been very involved i actually shared my research with him and we both left our jobs and started working um i started a cbd company at that time and he started um, working with patients in his practice with cbd and marinol which is the marijuana pharmaceutical yeah. that's legal in indiana so he was making getting his whole plant there <laughs> he was trying to get his whole plant for you know legally in the state of indiana so he actually has written the state. He's very involved in the cannabinoid medicine. And I was a patient of his before because I was a cyclic vomiter and nothing could stop it. I felt all other treatments that I had take was taking the Marinol. Mm -hmm. So he had been dealing with Marinol and he learned a lot more about cannabis when I started sharing research when I worked in the hospital with him. And we 
became friends and hung out. And it's really cool. Well, and that's kind of the funny thing with Marinol is because Chili got sick, went to um, the Kosciuszko uh, Community Hospital, uh, part of Lutheran system, and they refused to give her Marinol and almost killed her until Dr. Varula stepped in, wrote the Marinol. I went, it, picked it up, took me two hours to get it. And so the administration of the hospital. Yeah, administration (laughs) said, we don't like Marinol, so we're not going to prescribe it irregardless of whatever your conditions are. Well, we broke that. We educated people and we I, I felt every other medicine that they have to offer. I'm going towards critical. I'm like, are you going to let me die? Because your CEO refuses to give me a pharmaceutical medication that's been legal since 1985. It was approved in all 50 states. And they really did hold out. And we even talked to attorneys. And because they didn't permanently damage me, <laughs> there's nothing we can do to them. But we did get the medicine. We went against them, called an outside physician because we worked with a lot of them in the cannabinoid industry and got the script that I needed, was able to get the medicine. And then, and, and um, they still refused to give it to me even after we fought and fought the pharmacy. And we said, well, I have no choice but to take the medication or die in your hospital. So I took it. And then they brought it in and tried to give it to me after that. <laughs> and they did give it to you. But after. they saw a miracle because, <laughs> because it engaged my endocannabinoid system within minutes. I stopped vomiting, which they couldn't do for four days. And I was able to get a shower. I was able to eat food. I was walking the unit. And I was, I could take everything else there from by mouth, which I'd not been able to do for four days. And you were discharged so, within 16 yeah, hours. Yep. So they were just all amazed. Like I was like, I walked out like some, somebody just squirted something in me and I came alive. <laughs> yeah. So it, that that's something that we actually reached out to hospitals in the area in the state of Indiana to find out who would allow Marinol. Cause I never heard of a hospital refusing to give a whole class of medication. Yeah, that's it's different. the only, it's the only one in its class. <laughs> so to ignore a whole class of, of treatment is just dumbfounding to me. So we started reaching out, we found out who will prescribe it. And uh, her, we talked to her uh, oncologist up in Michigan and made sure she was okay with it because if she wasn't, we would find somebody else. Yeah. Because it, it's, it was integral to our holistic yeah. approach. It's definitely a, either they were on board with the endocannabinoid system and cannabis and what we were already doing, or we weren't going to go with them because it is a business like anything else. Well, and she said that she wishes more of her patients would be open to Marinol, which is approved by the FDA. It's fear. Her patients are older. Most of them are older, and they fear uh, taking a reefer madness. Reefer madness. They're afraid of reefer madness. Yeah, yeah. Brainwashed. And she told us there are five medications that I can avoid if you take Marinol, which protects your kidneys and liver. You got antidepressants. You got pain meds. You got anti-nausea meds. You got appetite stimulant, and anti-anxiety meds and all those are really tough on the body except for marinol marinol is a lot easier on the body than any of those but instead of taking five drugs and frying your kidneys and liver uh, which are hard for them to heal and and come back you can take marinol and uh, move forward and have a much higher success rate of surviving the treatment that they are offering you so are you are you using topicals or oils or anything else on tech, like the Rick Simpson protocol? I mean, uh, some we actually, people. 
Yeah, we do like a, a Fico Rick Simpson type oil, which we, we were doing before. That's what we make all of our edibles out of because we want all the full plant. And that's, you know, we'd like them pretty strong. So we, we have, we do the full plant extract and, and we do it in the high concentration like the Fico or the RSO. Well, would be. And the patient caregivers have donated some of that to me too. They've been just awesome. Right on. And that's one of the things that she's, so she takes a tincture. She takes tinctures that were uh, designed for their cannabinoids uh, with no THC in it. Then she takes the edibles that I make for, which also has uh, other plants like turmeric and cinnamon and ginger, um, which are all helpful in fighting uh, cancer and other health benefits. Uh, and then you do vaping. I do inhalation. I have what's called a volcano. I don't know if you've ever seen the volcano. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I have or not. It sounds familiar, but I could be thinking of something else. So tell me about that because I'm not. I, I'm on the. I'm still on the fence with vaping. I just don't know. I'm not still on the fence with. Yeah, vaping. it's not like pen vaping. It's like a an air vaporizer that goes into a bag. Oh, so okay. I have seen one of those. Yeah, carcinogen free. So yeah, so we switched. It was like 400 bucks. It was a big a big thing to buy, but you know when you smoke a joint, how you get all the black. You the know, carcinogens. The carcinogens, the burnt part of it. And then you, you know, you inhale that again. That's not good. So you don't have any of that with this. And you actually, you can taste all the terpenes and you can, it just no tastes kidding. so good. Wow. Yeah, it's not all burnt. We don't realize how burnt it is when we're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Canada uses it at, as a medical treatment in hospitals. Yep. Because they have the people, they have the bag, they breathe it in, then they breathe it out into the bag. And when they're done with the treatment, they take the bag and they suck it out and dispose of it. Uh, through a through a system, uh, so it's it's approved in Canada and it's made in Germany. And my oncologist was okay with it when we explained it and showed her the research on it. Wow, right on! That's encouraging. <laughs> that is encouraging, and it's especially because when did Michigan legalize medical marijuana? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, and so you're talking fifteen years later. And what do you guys think? I mean. I know, I know you're in the service and you've been in Indiana, but you've kind of been in Indiana and Michigan. Where, 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 and you're obviously on that board for endocannabinoid medicine at the University of Michigan. What do you guys think in terms of well, in terms of marijuana integrating into the the, the healthcare system? What you what you're especially from what you're going through with your dad and with you? Well, sadly, I, the recreational messed it up a little bit for the medical program a lot, really, because the doctors can't really. It's hard for people to to stay in the system and go out and pay for the card to be part of the medical system that they tried to enact. You know, the people tried to enact in Michigan, and now with the um, recreational coming in and over it, it's pushing. It's pushed out the doctors. We know one of the cannabinoid doctors is working at a restaurant in South Haven because he can't keep a job. You know, and wouldn't it be nice if we had doctors that could actually help direct us on how to use this great plant? <laughs> You know, they have worked with patients on ground zero for eight to 10 years, and they're just disappearing right and left because there's not enough support with the cards and with the program for the patient caregivers. Well, and there's not even enough education to the healthcare professionals. So we went into the Bronson system before she had cancer. They were just like, oh, pot smoker. You yeah. know, it, you could feel the discrimination as soon as you walk in. It's different now that she's a stage four cancer patient. She's like, oh, well, yeah, we understand why you're taking cannabis because, you know, it, it helped so-and-so's with their cancer. But it should be that 
all conditions are treated like that instead of, oh, well, yeah, there's another pot smoker just drug seeking. It, 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 that stigma is it, it's 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 real. I mean, a lot of people feel it, but it, it's a different it's a it's a <clears throat> it's an unfortunate and really I, I don't know. Was it discouraging when you bumped into it or were you? I mean, you kind of really went. Ah. It is. <laughs> I wrote a letter and, and Shelly and I went through and we got uh. pulled up the research and we sent it to their corporate office. And, you know, we got a letter back kind of this like. Well, attitude is they don't have to learn about it if it's not legal. So, uh, and I mentioned about Marinol and Epidiolex, and it, it is legal. You it, are seeing people with it. You know, you get pharmaceuticals. Like he said, there's two at least. There's probably there's two. five pharmaceuticals. There's two currently. There's a whole bunch in the pipeline. Still, yeah. it, it, but we're like, you do give them, and you are involved with it. You should be educated. But we we're finding it's it's turned around a lot. You know, since it is recreational okay. here. Um. You still get it some from the older crowd, and I hate to stereotype or sound like that, but I think they've been the most brainwashed about it. You know, they've seen that, like you said, the reaper madness where you're going to smoke or do something and go out and rape and kill people or whatever. I mean, they really had them even turn into bats, I believe, at one time. <laughs> so, you know, it was pretty scary stuff. Nah, <laughs> well, my, aunt, my aunt was, when she came up to talk to us, because she has extreme anxiety, which pushes her heart into a a fifth and my cousin's like well we got to get you up there and he brought her up and we sat down with her and we dosed her cbd nothing yeah just yeah just cbd free let's be real (laughs) my cousin said i can't remember the last time my mom was this relaxed and we told her he said well you got to do this every day and if you have a breakthrough moment just do a half dose and it should help. And uh, she's so scared. But her sister found her out, older right? sister. <laughs> no, her older sister hadn't found out. She's just afraid she would find out and oh. and think negatively of her. And I don't think anybody would have a problem in my family. My dad um, oh. uh, uses hemp CBD. My stepmom uses hemp CBD. They talk about it. They uh, had had uh, town halls with where I brought in experts from uh, IU to talk about the benefits. His business partner moved to Colorado to have free access to cannabis um, for his health conditions. It, it it's just one of these stereotype things that you know it it's so hard for people to just accept that it's okay. It's okay to treat your symptoms with a plant, and it's not bad. For some reason, I think pharmaceutical—it's got to be a pharmaceutical or a medical surgery, which those are perfectly fine and they have their places. But you know, you look at our founding fathers—they, or you look at the—you look look at the Greeks, and they said, "Let thy food be thy medicine." And then the founding fathers—I think one of the quotes was. When the government controls our medicine and our food, we'll be in a star- sorry state of affairs. And look at our healthcare system. We're spending far more than any other westernized country, and we're having worse outcomes. They're right. The founding fathers were right. We have to take back our health. And how are you guys 
so you church, you church. <laughs> you 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 jump right into that. You're at the beginning at the front end of the podcast. You're like, yep, we got there, and Jason told him everything that we do, and and. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that what's that piece like because that's what i think that's where the stigma you know a lot of people and i can't say they're wrong because you had a lot of christian churches denominations railing against it right i mean that that's yeah, we had to kind of win them over we had to win them over a little bit because the pastor's dad and mom really were against it i guess they really didn't want any part of it and they had a son that could really use it, you know, <laughs> but they didn't want any part of it. <laughs> so they were a little bit, um, when you first come in and drop that bomb, you know, what do you do? And <laughs> you know, I, I gotta, I gotta get a picture of this because I, I, when you said it, I, I had a picture in my mind and, and I'm wondering if that picture is what actually happened. <laughs> so you go into church and, and then was it, did you, did you let them know right off from the introduction or did you? Well, they, <laughs> I don't, but he's not ashamed they, to say what he does. And, they, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah, they asked me, they said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a retired trauma nurse from the U.S. Air Force. And I educate people about cannabis and the uh, benefits and uh, the and the precautions that you have to take when you're using cannabis as far as other health conditions or medications that you take. I did a whole presentation at the Indiana State Nurses Association, and I you were telling them this too. You, you were telling them this as you're you're actually telling them this. Yeah, he just, that, he, okay. he's just really he's really blunt and really really honest. That, that, so I work that, and you know what really you know you know after doing the first episode with Jason and interacting with you guys, I was like. That's why I could get a picture of it. And I was wondering if my, you know what I'm saying? That's why I was like, okay. So when, cause I almost had a moment where when you're like, yeah, yeah, I did this. And I was like, is he talking to me? Is he talking to me? You know what I mean? Is he, is he, did he shift in his story to talking to me and, or is he still telling it there? And, and you are. And I was like, you know what? I can, I, that's how I pictured it actually. So keep going, man. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, you know, when, just, you, when your faith is strong, you know, and I, my pastors in the past always said, fear not, fear not. The Bible, the Lord says it uh, 364 times or 365 times once for every day because it's that important. You cannot fear. Important. You have to move forward. It said the, the spirit of the Lord is not timid. It's strong. So kind of funny. We got busted. We were at a big barn cell and they had these 420 hats and we decided we would he was the chair of Indiana Normal at that time, that we would just send all the homeless people in Indianapolis for 20 hats and, and cannabis socks. Because yeah. they sell the socks there, too. So we're over there, and then they've got these hats marked down. We were looking through them all, get the 420 ones picked out of the other ones, throwing them in our cart, and up walks the preacher's wife. And she says, oh, what you doing? <laughs> and then she said, what's 420 mean? <laughs> and her husband piped up behind her and said, <laughs> Lisa, you don't know what 420 means. <laughs> and he explained to her what 420 meant. And then up come the parents behind them. We have a cartload at this time. And now, since we told them we're going to donate them, you know, to the homeless people, they're helping us sort through them at this point. And up come the elder parents, you know, who are so against it. And they see us now. We're all four certain 420 hats into the cart. And uh, yeah, they have to ask what that what 420 means. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I think they but just got was, a kick. It out was of it. funny. It was a funny day. We thought 
they couldn't be too mad at us because we were donating to the homeless, you know? Well, we were donating and, and, to another church in Indianapolis. Which was donating that takes care yeah. of the homeless. Yeah. yeah. So we donated um, cannabis socks and 420 hats to the Indianapolis downtown. Yeah. So it's the first, they could give to the, first church of cannabis. Yeah. Uh, Bill Levin is uh, one you of said, the uh, you founders. Said a, you said a church first, of cannabis? Yeah. Uh-huh. First church of cannabis. And that's where they're okay. great. I, they, they, they have big hearts. They um in Indiana. They, <laughs> they yeah in much, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's more than corn in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 you you you're meeting the pastor and you're 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 laying it all out for him. And what are you yeah. doing, Shelly? And what are you doing, Shelly? Are you are you listening with a smile on your face, or, or what are you doing? <laughs> hey, at this at this point, by time, yeah, we're just kind of like I'm kind of getting a kick out of it. Really, I kind of thought it was kind of cute. What's the chances? You know, you get set in these situations and have to figure your way out of them. But it, it turned out good. It was all good. They're, they opened their minds, and I took in brochures, um, and I passed out brochures at church at their endocannabinoid system and endocannabinoid system deficiencies. Well, so, And we leave it open. They come and ask us questions now like crazy, don't they, when we come to church? Yeah, because now they know we're nurses. But one of the um, funny things, we'd be sitting in the back, and they'd be praying for different people. And Shelly'd be like, man, I wish they would be open to taking some cannabis because they well, have cancer. You hear cancer all the conditions, and, they, and you know, yeah, we think, boy, we know that would help them, and that would help them. and. Yeah, it, you, you see all the people mm, that he helped. He knows, he understands. And yeah, I do. Yeah. It's eye opening. They're praying for, you know, a guidance. Miracle, but it's probably there if they open their minds. And yeah, eyes. the miracle and the guidance. <laughs> and they, but the, you know, we have this preconceived notion when we pray of how we want the miracle or the message to come to us. And when you throw away your preconceived notion and you open your heart and you open your ears and you open your eyes, the miracle's right there. God brings it to them. And he brought it to them through us. And a few people have uh, have stepped yeah. forward and tried things. Like even the preacher's wife, she uh, has problems with her shoulder. So she uses an oil. I love that when the preacher's wife used the oil I made her. <laughs> did, it have th- I, I, did it have THC in it? No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> so you know, you know, Jason, you're you're hitting on something that that I was thinking of, and I was going to bring up, and you brought it up before I did because I was thinking the same thing, and uh, and that was the part where, um, the idea of what a miracle looks like, in the imagination, right. And, and that's where, that's where I think, uh, and I've, I've I've been through it too, where it's just kind of like, nope, it, it, he's, God's gonna, Jesus is gonna heal this thing. It doesn't, I don't, nothing, don't need anything else. Don't need anything else. If it doesn't happen that way, then I guess maybe something I'm doing or something else that needs to be done needs to be fixed or corrected. And that is a trap, I think for people to believe about their maker and his love for each of us and how much that includes our health and well-being on a daily basis. And I think that the way you said it was really perfect when you said, I mean, I, I'm not, I mean, I get it right, but you said you have to open your heart and pay attention to all the things that are around you and 
walk it out, respond. I don't know how you want to say it, but engage because there's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of adverbs, adjectives we could we could add to that. You know what I mean? But but that is basically I get what you're saying. Where it's kind of like, okay, you know what? God works through people. So if He works through people, then the idea that somebody offering you some help. And I heard you say it earlier. You said you got to be able to take the help. We have to be able to receive the help or something to that effect. And, and that that is, it's a funny thing. I'm going to try to tie this all together here. It's a funny thing that people, I think many people go to church asking for help. And then there's that 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 cliche or the story where you have somebody who's, you know, there's a flood and they're on the roof of the house and somebody comes by they're like, I want God to save me. And somebody comes by in a kayak, then a, and an oar, and then and then a life raft, and then a helicopter. And it's like, nope, I'm waiting for God to do it himself. You get what I'm saying? And that, that's the that's the easy that's the easy picture of it. But that is and, and I don't I'm not trying to make a caricature of it because it's a I've seen people go through it. It's a horrible thing because they just refuse the help that you know they really need. Because it's, it's funny because I was just thinking of that joke that my pastor told me, which was the exact same thing. But you forgot the part at the end where they die. They go up to heaven and they say, God, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you answer my prayer? He said, I answered it three times. Why I, didn't you take the help? I know, man. I, you know, I'm still optimistic. I'm on that side. I'm on this side of the story still. You know what I mean? I'm on this. I'm in this side of the story still. So I'm like, hey, the person's up there, you know, maybe maybe four or five helicopters. Who knows? <laughs> because you know what? I've been on that end of it. I've been on that end where it's kind of like, wow. And and um, it, it's 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 uh, it's cool to hear you guys talk about all this stuff. I really like it. But it was really I really. And that's that's what you guys are really expressing is is uh it's not it's not uh god works one way only but i think that that is what m too many people get when they go to i'd say too many churches because if not i think a lot of people would be experiencing more health greater health and i think communion ties in with that too i think communion is a big piece of that you know you, uh, you i don't want to go off on a tangent on that one but yeah you think communion is a big piece of that and you recognize that jason and and that is i think that's huge because it's getting people to recognize that period to be aware and understand that whoa okay maybe what i'm believing about my maker and my health and his love for me and how that walks out in my health. Maybe it's more comprehensive than I thought. And maybe it's not about uh, a theological scorecard, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing, especially when you're going through what you're going through. I mean, you lose your father, then two months later, you're hit with stage four. And the, one of the tumors is the size of a soda can that's enough. I mean, you guys are both look really happy. I, I didn't say this in the beginning, but you guys both look really happy. You're smiling a lot. And it's like, wow, you wouldn't think you'd have this kind of peace. This at this time in your life this year. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like you recognize that. And, and it's evident in you that you're walking out that, that, that belief because some people well, go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, there's definitely we, dark days. Well, there are dark days. Oh no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying it's all easy. I'm not saying it's all sunshine. But, but you know what? Some people would be like, yeah, I don't want to even talk about this right now. But you're here. You are here. You are talking. You're talking about it for public consumption. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm doing this for public consumption. So it's kind of like that. That requires a piece. I call it a piece. You want to, if you call it a confidence yeah. or it's a piece, because if you don't have peace, then you, you have strife and fighting and anxiety and nervousness and all the things that come from that. Well, I do have Jason. He's great support in my life too, you know, and, and him, he's, he's a rock man. He's been there all the way. I have my faith. And I, I believe we had a miracle, you know, to have those masses just disappear in that short amount of time. I mean, even though I still have to do some things and I'm still going to, well, the next treatment I can't do because of blood clots. So I feel like that decision was already made for me. So we're just going to continue on with plant-based stuff from here. And we've got a good team of people who also have the kind of faith that we have and that look at the facts and the research and who are willing to share and help us through this journey too. Well, and one of the things that gave us hope was when they did the first MRI and then they did the PET scan, which um, showed that the tumor without any of their modern medicine, without the chemo or the radiation at that time, it shrunk about 7% on just using what we believed God guided us to do with the plants, like the turkey tails that Keith Johnson uh, from Carboxyl Group provided, and the can cannabinoid blend that he gave, and then the, the RSO, the yeah, stuff from Dr. Verula, from the patient caregivers, the nutrition stepped up and and gave us the, this strand because they like it best for this. Or yeah, that. the GG4 Gorilla Glue, yeah. uh, it, and and so when so you we were just blessed with just a lot of good people that came into our life at the right times to help us. That was a blessing in the beginning to give us a little hope. And Shelly was like, well, maybe I shouldn't do chemo and radiation. I said, well, do it together. <clears throat> and because that's, I, I feel that together, all, that's what everything, all the research points to. But the doctors aren't looking at the research that's out there. And it blows my mind that they're not, at least educating people about the possibility of of giving the nutrition a chance to work with the chemo to limit the side effects so we boost the effects early. of the chemo so yeah we had hope early and then god showed us at the end that's the way that he that. wants to go because the tumors are gone and that's what's wild five is weeks. that is that five weeks so how long did it take you said five weeks for that soda can sized tumor to be gone that's that's fast. Yes. I mean, yes. that's like, wow, that's, that's a pretty big deal. I, I was just crying when they called us on the phone. I, I don't, I could only half comprehend what she was saying to us on the phone when they called about the MRI, because they were pretty blown away with the doctor herself called us immediately. She was pretty blown away with the MRI. And I just bawled completely. I just couldn't believe it. I just, I, I had a face and what, what, you know, guys, I couldn't even comprehend it in my head. <laughs> it is it's amazing it's amazing it's like wow that 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 can that brings a lot of joy too because good news like yeah. that is like, you know what i mean it's like wow hard to believe so, so it, and that was what the chaplain at the cancer center is that cancer patients have lost hope they have no yes. hope and we wanted to go in 
we were invited now to do a seminar at the cancer center for hope so we're gonna we want to work on that she was sick the one day um and she couldn't make it so we're hoping that um god will open it up so that we can um share her her journey and and the blessing that has been given to us I like, I, man, that was really cool to hear you say that. I'm going back to that again, Jason. That was cool the way you described it, man. It was, it was really refreshing. <clears throat> you know what? So I'm going to go back to stigma. So you know what I think on this? One thing that I think really, it's just the, not just the reefer madness, like the 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 imagery of it. But I think for some reason when, when people see the eyes, I think when people see the eyes, sometimes they just go, oh, you're not thinking straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just I think that's it. I think I think that's and for some people they may not be. And and because that's an understandable, that's an understandable assessment of, of when you're just walking around, just walking around. Like, and I think that is one that 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 probably is hard to get past for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Because I can see it's like, yeah, my eyes are, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the funny thing is my eyes always look like I'm high. And then, I and, and, I never used uh, the first 45 years of my life. I never used, but people thought I was high because I was so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just Wait. the joy in my heart. I, you I, got, I, you I, got energy, Jason. And that's what, that's, what's cool. You got energy. I mean, I mean, and, and, and I heard you guys say the faith and, and that was the other thing I wanted to, to touch on. And when I think of faith, when, as in my life, it's become closer to the word trust because when faith i think faith people use faith faith and hope have come to be used as more times than not when i hear people use it and this is in real life and also in you know entertainment crap you know what i mean it's used in the reverse because hope is the confident expectation of good whereas a lot of the times we're like well, I hope that doesn't happen. It's like it's like I hope Murphy's Law. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 the it's the downward hoping, right? It's the downward hoping where it's kind of like, oh man. And then um, and I used it like that too, right? It's kind of like ah, crossing my fingers and you know, like I'm begging. You know, that's the that's the picture that people get. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of strange. And then trust, and that. I find synonymous with faith, right? Because if you have faith, then you're trusting. And if you're trusting, you have confidence and you have peace. But if you're not trusting, then, and everybody goes through all that because he, and he helps us in our unbelief too. And that's biblical too. With I can't remember if the person's, the person's uh, son or daughter was sick or dying or dead or, or was possessed. And he said, help me in my unbelief. And he did. He helped him in his unbelief. So this is where that this is where I, I think the concept of faith and trust should definitely change in the church because I think too much of it is put on people's performance instead of trusting Jesus's love for them, regardless of the performance, because when they realize that, that changes people from the inside out. So the trust part is when as I, as in my life, it's been it's been. Uh, yeah, I don't have to. You know, I trust him for salvation. You might, this might sound familiar. I trust him for salvation. But between now and then, I'm kind of on my own hoping he helps me out. 
that sound familiar like with your experiences or what you've observed or no? No, not not in maybe 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 not in your life, but I'm saying when you when you when you're when you're observing other people who say they believe in Christ, right? Yeah, it's 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 a sad trend. It where in reality, you know, the it says to trust your whole life to God. And when you open up those parts that you don't want to give up and acknowledge that you're human, you make mistakes, you need that intervention one way or another. And the the hardest thing is to humble yourself and admit that you need help. You right. need that intervention. And however God brings it, whether it's a boat, a helicopter, a person, uh, or a client. Or a conversation. Or a conversation. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and God brings you to certain things. He, you feel tugs in your heart. You either follow the tugs or you walk away. And when you walk away, you're failing yourself. You're failing that opportunity that you had. And so a lot of us just, it's, we harden that heart because we don't want to, it's like, well, I don't have time for this. I don't want to listen to that because it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think, I think, I think along the way, rejection falls in there too. I mean, I think people, people act on some of those things sometimes, some of those prompts and the way they imagine it walking out, it, it isn't, it, maybe it feels more like a rejection than it does. Uh, hey, I, I followed that prompt, I tug in my heart and I saw it. I saw the result of it and it was great. That's kind of the way a lot of us imagine it. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to do that. And then I'm just going to keep walking out my life because that's what I'm going to do. And well, then, sometimes we're just supposed to plant the seed. And right. That's what I'm getting at. Water. You, you, yeah, picked, yeah. you picked right up on it. That's exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly it. And that's where it's kind of like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting life. And it's an interesting way that, 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 um, that we come about meeting each other in this world <laughs> and, and talking about talking about what we believe in churches and, and what people are hearing and believing. And um, I'm going to tie this back into when you said, yeah, you know what? You have to have an open heart and be aware of what's around you because God works through people too. And that's where, you know, this is kind of all in the same vein, whether it's macro or micro of it, you know, we've been hitting both, but it all boils down to trusting. And if you're trusting, you can have an open heart, but if you're not trusting, well, then that heart's going to turn more stone-like, right? Just like you're saying, it's like, yeah, it turns more stone-like because the trust isn't there because the you're not somebody isn't believing that the love isn't there. If you believe that the love's there, it's easier to trust, right? Oh yeah, and that's yeah. It's a it's a funky thing. It's a funky thing, but and that's where that's what um, it was really refreshing to hear you say that, man. Because wow, it's like wow, I had an idea that you were kind of already you know had that really you know overwhelming of like you know what Jesus loves me and there's nothing I can do to perform for it. He he loves me because he made me and he knows me. He knows me, and he still loves me. And that means that means that that provides the trust you know what i'm saying and that's where 
that, I, I'm gonna I keep going back to it, but that's where I think a lot of denominations have messed it up. They 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 put the they put the they put the burden on the person and say if you can do this, then he accepts you fully. It's got to be you know they put they put these hoops, and and it's horrible. And it's great to see that you guys have come through these at this point in your life. You guys, I mean, you're going through a lot, and now you're going through this at this point in your life. It's like wow, your father passes away from cancer unexpectedly you're diagnosed with stage four cancer you have large tumors and here we are three months from the time that you were diagnosed and like you said you have their dark days i understand that everybody gets pissed and discouraged but you obviously didn't stay there you know what i mean that's that's what i'm saying so you obviously didn't stay there you're here doing this for public consumption to encourage people not discourage them you know what i'm saying so but everybody's going to go through that and that part that 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 factors into what christ knows about us too he's like i know you're not going to be like a picture perfect thing that's never going to get mad at me ever again because yeah when stuff like this happens i just i get mad i'm like why is this happening and and i'm not so much oh I accept it. No, I, no, I'm not pissed. And you guys got a lot of joy, and 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 that's what's really encouraging about about seeing you and talking with you guys. Well, and the thing is, we, we are human and we make mistakes, but that's why we're there's a church community to step up and support our weaknesses are opportunities for other Christians to get involved in our life to build each other up. The whole idea of the church is to lift each other up. It's not to you know, ridiculed, oh, well, did he hear what so-and-so did? It's like, oh, well, so-and-so had this issue. What can we do to help them? That needs to be the mentality instead of, oh, you know, I want to stay away from them because they're going through a hard time. You know, maybe maybe the devil's uh, involved here. No, it's an opportunity for Christians to step up and show the love of God to another human being. And without that, Shelly and I would have had a much harder journey. I mean, people have stepped up around the world. I, I mean, there's people in Australia, Europe, uh, that's reached out to us, um, all over the, the continent here. It, it, and there's so many that we just can't answer all of the support. And we, we feel a little bad about it because it's like, well, you know, we'd like to respond to everybody, but individually, because you, you feel like you should acknowledge their love back. And all I can do is put on there and say, man, I really appreciate all the love and support, uh, the prayers and the good vibes that you're sending us. And, and I'll put a general post out there just hoping that people understand that when God opens the floodgates, you don't have a big enough coffer to hold it all. You just unless, let it run over. unless you believe you only have a little cup, and that's what's cool is your perspective is that I don't have a little cup. You're like, no, I don't have. It's not big enough. It, it's going to overflow, and that's your expectation, right? And that's that's not something that a lot of people have when they think of their maker's love for them. A lot of people don't have that. I mean, they can hear Joe Lowstein talk about it, but whether or not they actually believe it for their life is another story. And this is where it's kind of like. 
it is really encouraging guys i keep saying it but it is really encouraging and that's why you know i was like i'm i've been taking a break i haven't done any podcasts for the last couple months and it's been nice i haven't so i was like you know what and i saw your post and i was like you know what if you guys want to talk about this this is really cool because i i've done it with you guys before and i know you and and it was it was very encouraging so i'm not sure what your time schedule is but i was figured it's been we've been going for about close to an hour maybe do you guys want to say some uh something to close us out well i'm just hoping that we can maybe show that there is a different way that cancer people could treat cancer you know and hopefully we could save some lives with our story so that's why we're going to speak i guess right on what about you jason yeah, you know i as a support person you you most people look at the person with the cancer as bearing it all. Whatever they can't bear, the loved one, the family members bear it. And it it was a hard path because, you know, my mom died of cancer. So that hit me. And Shelly's about the age my mom was, a little older, when she passed of uh, breast cancer. And so that tugged on my heart. And that burden was lifted um, by delving into what I could do and reaching out, being being the hands and the feet for Shelly when she was laid up in bed, just completely exhausted. It's like, well, what do you need? And I got frustrated. I snapped back at her um, because I was tired. but And she was more tired. And so you got two people. And we reached out to people. And we we tried uh, to let as much help come in as we could. And sometimes it's not organized well. You it, you know, it's like getting a tidal wave coming in when you're in the desert and you want some water. Uh, it and, just, it, and, it's it's your, and it's your home. It's not like a natural disaster where it, it, there's it's, it's it's personal stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Go ahead, yeah, man. So, Give me Shelly yeah, so just um, through all this, Shelly's been a blessing, period. And uh, God shows you and brings you closer uh, through adversity. And when I think about adversity, I think of the book of Job and everything that he lost. And then God um, uh, gave back to him. Uh, and it's a matter of remembering the truths and the stories and the hope and the love and the connectiveness that we build as brothers and sisters in Christ and even uh, and reaching out to uh, the secular world and showing them how it should be done. And this just reinforces that Shelley and I want to share the story so that people can heal. They have another option so that they can learn how to, better take care of themselves whether it's cancer or parkinson's or or anything else you you've got to look you've, you've got to reach out and uh, i know that we have people i've seen shelly touch people's lives in ways that i didn't even know was possible they've come in just to talk to her about any health condition and what might help them and dr varula and his love of people and he'll and how and i i believe that it, our healers are being overwhelmed 
by such a burden that we need everybody to step up and and share and and uh, go down that unbeaten path that the medical community isn't being taught about or only a few people know about and and this is done through podcasts like yours you've stepped up to share a story that hopefully it'll reach somebody god has a plan for somebody that wait i want to know more how 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 does nutrition and plants play a part in my health And, and this is an opportunity to open that door right on man right on all right guys how can uh if if people want to reach you how how would you like people to reach you would you want to share anything like that or anything like that i know you're getting a lot of support right now but so if you don't want to share but i mean if you do like if you know i i didn't ask you this before we hit record maybe i should have asked that before we hit record (laughs) (laughs) well so so we have a site on facebook that we try to keep up with um recently we've gotten a little behind but it's healing green with jason and shelly yep and um and people ask great questions, and then I do the research. I try to give them stuff that they can go and, and share with their doctor. Like, here's the research on turmeric. Here's the research on cannabis. Here's the research. And I have individuals that write and ask specific questions in private, messenger, uh, through the site. So um, if I see something that I, I see kind of a trend, I will post, even if it's because it's healing green states and chili, we try to focus on cannabis, but we open it up to to lots of different healing modalities. Um, and the research is out there; you just have to know how to do it. And a lot of people just don't have the time or the knowledge. And and we do, and we can share, and they can look through. And we have videos that we've done and posts, and so hopefully that will give them a. a a way to start connecting if they have questions. So Facebook, Facebook page. Facebook. And what was the yeah. name again? Can you say it one more time? Healing Green with Jason and Shelly. All right. There we go. And we, you guys are in Hartford, Michigan? Papa. Papa. All right. All right. <laughs> it's nice summer up there. I know it is. Isn't Beautiful it? Beaches. Yeah. Beautiful beaches everywhere. Yeah. Well, and the Canadian fires make nice sunsets. Uh, are you guys still? Is it you guys still getting that? At times, yeah. Uh, they just had a warning this last week to stay indoors because of the that bad smoke. Yeah. Jeez. Huh. Yeah, but it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous up in there, Michigan. Nobody, I don't do any video. They're sitting outside, and it looks. I mean, it looks nice. It looks nice. I'm in. I'm in Florida, and it is hot. It's hot and humid. <laughs> But Michigan actually, you know, that actually sounded kind of appealing this summer. I was like, yeah, Michigan summer, Michigan summer would be. It's, uh... It is beautiful. It is beautiful. You have to come and just go different beaches. There's so many beautiful beaches and shorelines and the lighthouses. And there's, it's just beautiful. There's you know, just so much to do. For some reason, as I was getting ready, as we we're as this date was getting closer, I started thinking about Michigan more, and, and it was more appealing to me than it has been in the past because I grew up there, and and I just didn't want to go back because I like the I like the sunshine and and the sun, and the winters were just too much, but yeah. but uh, it's you guys are making it look really good right now. You're making it look <laughs> really good. All right, thank you very much, Shelly and Jason Straw. This is the Conversation Canvas and Christianity Podcast. Love you all. Thank you.